Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Welcome to the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishwell Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Dang. Welcome to this week's episode number 67, Anatomy of Wellbeing with Dr. Monisha Binot. So I will say before I talk about this episode, I'm having really bad allergies, a little bit of post-nasal drip. So I've been coughing like crazy and I feel like I have to tell everybody that it's just allergies. I'm totally fine. Around this time, same exact time last year, I was going through through the same thing, so I'm quite familiar with it, but it is a little bit aggravating. Um, So I just wanted to share that with you. I've probably recorded this intro about five times. But, so I wanted to talk a little bit about well-being because this is the subject of this week's episode. And for me, well-being can mean different things for different people. For me, I associate it with self-care and it has been over a year since I've done a lot of self-care things for myself. And one of those things which I really love doing is uh, getting a massage, getting a facial, and I was able to luxuriate in that today. And it felt amazing. It felt like I was super relaxed, able to kind of come home with a little bit more intention, um, being there for myself as well as for my family. So it was great. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about this episode, which as I mentioned is anatomy of well-being. And I want to share with you a little bit about Dr. Monisha Benote. And she comes onto the podcast to discuss the anatomy of well-being. She shares her journey as being a long, windy road from internist to pathologist to integrative medicine, yoga medicine, therapeutic specialist, and culinary medicine. But she shares that her journey has been well worth it, and it is a very interesting journey. She discussed what well-being means to her personally as well as for her patients. She sees herself as applying this holistic approach to the concept of well-being, and her advice to others is to embrace a growth mindset. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. You can check out her full bio at wishwell.health.blog, and you can follow her at all the links that I will leave on the show notes, but her website is drbanote.com. It's D-R-B-H-A-N-O-T-E.com, and the same for her Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So I hope you enjoy this episode and remember to listen along, subscribe, leave a rating or review. If you're listening on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. You can also check out our blog again at wishwell.health.blog and our Instagram at wishwell.health. Until next time, take care, stay safe and stay healthy. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wish Well podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Munisha Benote, 
and she is the well-being doctor. Her phrase for today's topic is anatomy of well-being, and we'll definitely get into why she chose that phrase. She is a quadruple board-certified physician. She has expertise in integrative medicine, internal medicine, anatomy and clinical pathology, culinary medicine, yoga medicine. What else is there? (laughs) I'm so happy to have her here to discuss her topic. So welcome, Monisha. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you for having me on uh, Wish Well, Michelle. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Awesome. So I know that you are just, you know, you've done so much. And so definitely want to get into your personal journey and why you chose your phrase. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into being interested in doing all the things that you're doing right now. Yeah, so it definitely has been a long, windy journey. There was definitely no straight path. Um, and I'm a person who, who learns from experience. So I have to experience something to know whether I like it or I don't like it, if it's right or wrong, and, and if that's something I want to pursue. Um, so for me, um, you know, I, I started with that traditional route of going into internal medicine because that's what I was initially familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just like probably many other people had these grandiose ideas of really making a difference and helping people and, you, you know, doing what doctors do. And mm-hmm. then I found myself in, um, you know, doing internal medicine and, I really loved procedures. I loved ER visits and stuff, but then those clinic appointments where you'd be seeing the same patient month after month and nothing would change. And you'd give them, you know, the usual 10 minutes of your time. And I'm like being told by the staff, well, you have to keep moving, move your patients. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not done talking to them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, for me, that I, I think not only for me, but also for the patients, that wasn't very satisfying. So I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is the right path for me at this time. So um, I really loved my original anatomy and um, anatomy classes. Um, I was like obsessed with anatomy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I do that would keep me kind of mentally stimulated? And so there was two choices. There was um, radiology and um, uh, pathology. Well, I had done, uh, I don't know, like eight months of electives in radiology and interventional radiology. And um, like I said, I love procedures. And I thought, let me do that. But then the thought of sitting in a dark room for (laughs) a long time when I need sunlight was not going to work. So I decided to take my shot at pathology which is what I did for for many, many years. Um, In fact, um, I did pathology and then I also went and did cytopathology at Cornell, which is um, the study of cells. So individual cells of the body and um, identifying disease based off of that. Whereas um, pathology is more the tissue and uh, blood work, Mm -hmm. Um, all overlap. And that was great. And I really enjoyed that. I still do that. Um, But then I started getting into uh, what's actually happening in the body here when you have looked at 
so many, you know, tissues under your microscope and you're like, why are 18 year olds getting cancer, mm -hmm. especially when their genetics are normal? You know, like we do know, some, you know, there, there's some genetic predispositions to some cancers, but a majority of them are, are related to our lifestyle factors, our environment, um, uh, our uh, epigenetics, so, so many other things. So that's when I'm like, let me do a little deeper dive into this. And um, I think it was a combination of my own curiosity of doing that deeper dive. And at the same time, I also was doing a deep dive into the mind-body connection and um, getting involved in meditation and yoga and really learning the science behind that. And I'm like, well, there's, there's this whole other part of um, medical training, which I'm like, we didn't learn this. And, uh, you know, so that's what got me interested in pursuing, you know, a formal training in yoga medicine and a formal training in culinary medicine. And of course, then the big formal training in integrative medicine. Um, and, and, and that's where we're at today. I mean, it's, it's just, I think that we have the capacity to really help and heal individuals. And I think my, my approach to it is definitely unique in the sense that I've been looking at all these, you know, tissue parts and this and that on people. But while I've been doing that, I've also been looking, um, you know, obviously reading their charts and seeing, you know, what kind of lifestyles they have and um, what's associated with what. And, you know, we do run the genetics test, but when they come back ne negative, you're like, well, there's other things at play. So, so that's where we're at now. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting because, um, my understanding was as pathologists, which you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, you don't typically look at all those factors, like in terms of, you know, the patient's history or their diet or their nutrition or any of those factors. And so it's interesting that you wanted to take it to that next level. Yeah. I mean, on a general day-to-day -day basis, we would probably at most look at their radiology imaging um, to make sure, you know, when we're correlating that, um, you know, say for example, the breast core biopsy, uh, what we're looking at and maybe the imaging shows a speculated mass or it shows, you know, a well-circumscribed mass or something like that. Um, so we definitely look at the radiology and then on certain circumstances of the blood work and stuff like that, but definitely not into who the person is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where putting the, the human back into the care comes into, because it's not just about looking at their body parts and making a diagnosis, which uh, you're going to make, try and make the best diagnosis possible so they can have their best treatment. But there's a being behind that, you mm -hmm. know, that, that, cr that created that process. And that's to me, what's very interesting. I think that that is, like you said, very interesting because so many physicians that I've spoken to who have gone through integrative medicine training, functional medicine, culinary medicine, all those different uh, fields of medicine where you kind of, it's, it's away from the traditional, what we learn in medical school, almost every single one of them have, they've said that we just didn't learn that in medical school. And there was so much more that we wanted to learn um, in order to help people. So, you know, um, I'm assuming that you kind of went through that same experience as well. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, I, I think it's just one thing has led to 
another and it's it's just the curiosity of, of finding an answer and um you know uh I don't know if we'll have an answer in my lifetime mm-hmm. but definitely I feel that we are getting closer to understanding that there's more to treatment um when it comes to patient care and more to healing and without including you know the whole person in that picture um we're really doing a disservice to our patients. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to go back to the very beginning of your story where you said that you went into internal medicine and then shifted over to anatomy and pathology, which seems very different. And then now you're kind of back into, you know, um, the wellness aspect with culinary medicine, yoga medicine, integrative medicine. So how can you kind of explain or kind of describe what your journey was like between going from internal medicine to pathology and now kind of back to, to, um, more of a holistic type of medicine? Yeah. So I, I think if integrative medicine was a terminology or there was a program available at that time that I was doing internal medicine, I probably would have gone into that, but being that it it wasn't so prevalent, or at least I did not know about it, um, that my logical choice was pathology. And I love pathology. I mean, it's, it's quite fascinating watching and seeing how the, the differences between, you know, a normal human state or organ or, or their body and how many variations of a disease can exist. I mean, simply like if you just think about, for example, breast cancer, I also have done a breast cancer fellowship. You know, there's over 30 different kinds of breast cancer. So when we think about one in seven women getting breast cancer, well, more than likely the person next to them has a different cancer that has been brought about by a different thing and shows, you know, different morphologies, different um, uh, hormone markers. And, and to me, it's kind of like, what is going on in our human body and what has actually impacted this? And I think that's what's brought me back to now in um, integrative medicine, because you know, not all pathologists dislike patients. So I never, I never <laughs> had like- a problem with the patients. It was just the system. Mm-hmm. So I love helping patients. I, I have no problem, you know, being um, outside of my office. Um, I don't know, maybe that makes me unusual as a pathologist, but um, I, I, you know, I love interacting with the surgeons when they're, you know, and I'm happy to be in the operating room and do frozen sections with them. I mean, that's one of my most favorite things to do in pathology is, is frozen sections. And, um, but I think with this basis of my experience and what it has led me to, I feel like I have something to really contribute to the patients, you know, mm-hmm. that's very different than what they would just be getting. And it, it's great to see now that, you know, many of these larger cancer centers are adding integrative care to their yes. protocols, mm-hmm. which is wonderful, um, you know, but many of them are adding the basics of, um, uh, for example, yoga, which is very beneficial for cancer patients, and they're adding acupuncture, but because funding is limited in these aspects, 
uh, and the priority is based off of where the funding can come from, right. they're missing the real, the real core of it, you know? So um, that's where you, I pretty much fill in the, the, the spaces basically. So that's, that's how, you know, the oncologists that are local to me are um, sending me their patients because they're not familiar with patients want a, a full holistic care. They're okay with doing chemo. They're okay with doing radiation, but they want to know, should they take their supplements? Should they, you know, what should they eat? And um, those are the answers that they're not getting. So that that's something that I'm, you know, I, I've been helping with. That's great. And, and yeah, so many, so many important points there. I think that hopefully as we are learning more about the benefits of an integrative medicine, um, you know, um, of, of treating patients with integrative medicine techniques, um, hopefully we'll be able to get better coverage of that. And to your point, I'm with you totally. If integrative medicine was around back when I had to pick my residency, I probably would have gone into that. And, uh, which is unfortunate because as, as you probably remember when, when we're rotating through medical school for people who are not physicians, we only get a short period of time to really pick what residency training we want to go into. And there's, it's a little bit overwhelming if you recall as a medical student, because it's like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, pick what I want to be for the rest of my life. And you get like exposure for a very limited amount of time to those specific specialties. Some, you don't even get exposure to at all. You know, um, I mean, uh, no, I never, you're, you're, uh, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we got what 12 weeks of internal medicine, 12 weeks of surgery. So of course you had the most exposure to those. And right. if anybody values their sleep, um, <laughs> surgery was definitely not going to be an option. Right. Um, you know, for me, it's like, I love, like I said, I love procedures. So I did love surgery and I loved OBGYN and, and all that stuff, but I also valued my sleep. Um, and I, and I know how it would affect me as a person. So mm -hmm. to me also pathology was quite in that spectrum because I'm working very closely with those people. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it was a logical choice, but I actually didn't know about pathology as a field when, um, I was in my, um, in medical school or in, um, doing my rotation. So that's why I went into internal medicine. You know, I didn't even know until later on, I'm like, wait a minute, you can, that's being a doctor, you know, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people picked, um, you know, a general residency like internal medicine or family practice because there was, they didn't know what else to do, which is kind of unfortunate in many ways, but I didn't know what pathology was like either. The only, and I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about it is the only thing I remember from pathology is there was a comic that, that was like, kind of like a diagram flow sheet of what you should pick pick as your specialty. And it was like one of those things where, um, do you like people? No. And then the arrow was like, no. And then it would go, okay, pathology or radiology, which I thought was super funny. And so I never even considered pathology or radiology just because I was like, well, I, I do like being around people. So maybe this isn't for me. I'd had no exposure to it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I wish I could have seen that comic because um, that, that does sound like the path that, cause I was saying, I, I like pathology and I like radiology, but, um, but now I'm like, wait a minute, you know, it's, it's not the, the people that per se, I think it's just, we have a system, which we all know is broken and we have 
to make things work in our system, right? Mm -hmm. So this is my way of making things work in our broken system, because I know um, the patients that come to me have been looking for, you know, integrative providers or, or a doctor like me for years and years. And just the results that I have seen to me, I'm like, I'm just amazed by it. I'm like, I haven't, it's not rocket science. I haven't done anything that's out of the ordinary. Um, but I think it is part of that process of speaking to your patient. And we didn't have that time back, you know, and we still don't have that time, right? So um, I spend hours with my patients. I know them inside out. I mean, probably better than they know themselves. Um, but um, that, that's restricted based on the system, unfortunately. Yeah. And hopefully as we bring more awareness to the benefits of integrative medicine, functional medicine, all the types of, you know, preventive, preventative medicine, hopefully we'll be able to, like I said, get, get more out of it. Like in terms of, um, um, it become more acceptable. Their payments will be better and hopefully people will be able to utilize those services a little bit more. That, that would be the way to go. And I think the driving factor for that is going to be the patients wanting it. And I think this year has really shown us how much the patients want it. You know, exactly. they're, they're looking for that whole body approach. Speaking of whole body approach, I want to go back to your today's topic, which is anatomy of well-being. So tell us a little bit about why you chose that phrase. Yeah, so when I think of um, anatomy, obviously you're thinking of, you know, the structure or internal workings of something, right? So I, I chose anatomy of well-being because I like to look at it as what are the components or internal structures that make well-being happen, that make you feel comfortable, make you feel happy, make you feel healthy. Right. So that to me was like, there, there is a structural process there. I mean, you, you can break it down into something that, you know, um, for if, if you use the word in a um, as not so literal, you know, um, like if you if you use it, like I guess anatomy as a noun would be a branch of science. But if you use it in another way, um, it can be considered like that. So I, I see it as the internal workings of our own um, health and happiness. So what do you tell your patients whenever, um, when you get patients who come to you just kind of all over the place, maybe they have some chronic diseases that they are struggling to deal with. How do you use that anatomy of well-being approach with them? Yeah, so the way I use it is um, in our discussions, we really have quite a bit of extensive discussions discussing, you know, different aspects of their health. So we will talk about their um, lifestyle choices. So their maybe their physical movement, um, their nutrition, we will talk about their emotional well-being, um, their spirituality. One of the toughest questions um, that uh, I ask individuals is, um, what gives you purpose in life? And that question often stumps people. And especially when you're facing an illness, many people lose their purpose in life. Mm 
-hmm. you know, so, um, and I think that's, that's kind of the whole thing about putting the whole, whole person and the whole body, because, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I go to the gym every single day and I'm fine. Right. Or I eat really, really healthy. And and it, it all has to be done in a, a uh, very um, balanced, yeah, balanced way. It all, it all connects together. It's not an isolation mm-hmm. and it all builds on each other. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important. And, and I was saying that just to be intentional about it, because yes, you can, you can go to the gym five days a week, but if you're not intentional about it, what is, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your practice right now. So you mentioned earlier that you were still practicing as a pathologist, but um, are you also doing integrative medicine as well? Yeah. So I have a um, private practice where I do integrative medicine consultations, uh, both in person and virtually. And um, yeah, so I'm just enjoying that and, um, you know, all kinds of patients. Um, and I'm, I'm just enjoying seeing the um tremendous, um, improvements in their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's within a couple appointments. So it's, it's quite impressive. Do you have an, and I just thought about this. Do you, have you, have you had any overlap in terms of your integrative medicine practice and your pathology practice in the sense of, have you ever uh, looked at, I mean, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about pathology, but have you ever looked at like tissues or, or specimens of patients prior to having some sort of integrative medicine techniques or having seen an integrative medicine, medicine physician, and then seeing those, seeing any difference afterwards. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm, I'm not quite sure I understood (laughs) your question. (laughs) I was just thinking, you know, like just to see like with the tissue or the biopsies or the specimens with patients who have had some sort of issues and you can see whatever pathology there is and compare it to patients who then that same patient who had undergone some sort of integrative medicine, like a whole, whole, um, you know, had, had seen an integrative medicine physician. Uh huh. That, that is a great question. And I think that would make for a very interesting study. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally I, probably messed up the question in terms no, of phrasing no, no. I, it. I understand what you're saying, because are we actually seeing cellular tissue changes in the body? And I would say um, that I haven't seen it studied yet, but when I'm doing an assessment on my patients and a big part of my assessment on my patients is uh, a very thorough nutritional evaluation, you know, so it's more than just knowing your vitamin D and your vitamin B levels. It's really, you know, breaking down all your antioxidants, knowing, you know, your status of your glutathione, knowing your amino acids. And, and to me, it's, I see so many deficiencies in these basic building blocks of Mm -hmm. our cells that there's no wonder that people are experiencing, you know, anxiety or, you know, GI distress. I mean, they, they don't even have the basic building blocks to make this, you know, our Krebs cycle of anything Mm -hmm. function. Right. So I imagine that there is, um, uh, you know, the end result of that is, the lack of cellular function, right? So your mm-hmm. cells definitely change when they're not functioning. I mean, that's that's essentially what disease is, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a very healthy hepatocyte would look very different than a 
hepatocyte that has been infiltrated by, you know, fat or steatosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there is, it's just in, in that context of the, of the way you described it, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's been a direct correlation of, um, of after, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be super interesting. I don't know if there's a way to do some sort of study <laughs> like that, because I, I be think really w- once people are feeling better, the last thing they want to do is be biopsied again. <laughs> <laughs> That is true, but it'd be interesting to compare it, right? Yes. Um, And and I just thought of it like, um, what I think is so fascinating is that um, just, we just, it seems like nowadays we're learning so much more about the importance of preventative medicine. And I'm just curious, was this, was this ever an issue before, or are we just now have the technology to kind of, um, um, find out more information because I feel like back in the days, you know, I, I speak of back of the days, but you know, like in my parents' generation or my parents' era, when they were our age, um, we didn't have all this information. Yeah. I think it's a combination of both. Um, you know, one, we have the ability, like we have definitely learned more and, and, um, we have more information available to us. Um, I think preventative was always there, but maybe the, the science behind it was not as concrete as we wanted it to be. For example, one, one of the most common things is um, that I see is, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're probably before that time, but I grew up in the age of um, the milk commercials on TV. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you remember those with all the Olympic athletes Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Mary Lou Retton and all these Olympic athletes and drink your milk, drink milk three times a day, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, go elementary, middle school, you know, milk boxes was what was served to us, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're learning the link between drinking dairy and development of breast and prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. We are now learning that um, milk necessarily is not your best source of calcium, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's, I think it's just where we know more now. So now we have the choice to make better choices, right? So we can be preventative in this factor, but that requires both the individual and like, you know, now maybe you didn't grow up that way, but learning new information and keeping that up to date will keep your kids healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think there, it's, it's definitely multifactorial there. Yeah. And to speak to the whole milk commercial, I mean, marketing genius, like, you know, milk, it does your body good. The meat commercials, I mean, all those commercials, um, you know, were not necessarily in our best interest. And the whole thing about, you know, my parents still to this day talk about like how, you know, high fat is not good for you. And, but I mean, it was all like the marketing and all, all that, that was back in the day, but now we have the ability to do our own research mm-hmm. and in some ways it's good in some ways it's bad as well. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I know I have patients come to my office and they're like, why hasn't my doctor told me this? Why didn't they tell me this? You know, and they tell me that, you know, for, for the last 30 years that they have been working their bones off and because they've been working so hard, they're so tired. So they have been picking up fast food for the last 30 years. And, you know, we know now that when you're genetics is not the, the reason, not the full reason for you to develop 
disease, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that our lifestyle is a contributor to heart disease and to strokes and diabetes and, um, you know, so many of our chronic illnesses. Um, and, and my patients, they come to me and they're so angry because they're like, why didn't anybody tell us this? I mean, that, that's their biggest complaint. And I think the important thing you mentioned lifestyle, we can control, you can control your lifestyle. So, you know, to say that you have the genetic predisposition, yes, that's some part of it, but in terms of all those lifestyle choices, those are choices, you know? Absolutely. Um, that is, if anything, that is the one thing we have control over because we don't have a control over a lot of things, but, mm-hmm. um, how we take care of our body what we put in our body, how we move our body, how often we sleep, those are in our control. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I would love to continue talking to you. This is so much fun, Um, but we are running out of time and I want to be sure that you can share any last bit of advice to others in terms of well-being as well as how people can reach you. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Michelle. I really enjoyed our conversation and um, people can find me on social media um, on, uh, let's see, on Instagram, I'm at Dr. Benote. Um, on Facebook, I'm a, uh, Dr. Benote. Uh, my website is www.drbhanote.com. Um, I do send out a a twice monthly newsletter with all my latest, greatest science finds and well-being tips. If you're interested in those, plus some really good plant-based recipes Um, and yeah, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And any last bit of advice you can offer to others? Yeah, I think um, my advice would be that realize that health is a journey you know, and where you're at today does not necessarily mean where you're going to be tomorrow. So just take it as a process. And so every, every moment and everything you invest into yourself and your health will increase your well-being. I love that. So important. And thank you again so much, Monisha, for taking your time out to record with us today. And I look forward to seeing all the wonderful things they're going to put out soon. Thank you. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know how much I love Legree Fitness. It is a high intense, low impact workout on a machine called a Megaformer. Did you know that you have the opportunity to purchase a home machine called a Microformer? If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the Microformer, head on over to LegreeFitness.com or if you're ready to purchase a Microformer, Go to shopmaximumfitness.com and you can use my coupon code MICHELLEDANGMD to save on your own home fitness machine. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.